0: Welcome back, Miller and Condon, with you until just before noon on 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. A couple of shows return to these airwaves tonight, Uh, starting at 6 o'clock, Cyclone Fanatic Radio is back on. They go from 6 until 7, and then 7 until 8, Hawkeye Nation. Their radio show airs from
2: 7 to 8. You're doing that with Andrew Downs all season long or just today? Uh, That is the plan all season long. Myself and AD and a host of characters coming by. Talking Hawkeyes from 7 to 8 each and every week right here on KXNO. Well, you need a little more on your plate. Well, you know i got such a slow life, really. Uh, let's get to Bill Bender, SportingNews.com.
0: I want to pick his brain on what he saw in week number one and look ahead to week number two. Bill, first of all, thank you for being flexible. Stephen M. Simple appreciates it as well, as he had something come up as uh, his coverage of the Huskers. So thank you, first of all, for being flexible for us. How are you, Bill Bender?
1: Hey, Anything for Sip, anything for you guys. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: No, this appreciated. I'm guessing you will be in Columbus on Saturday?
1: I am. Yeah, I'm trying to get everything done here today. I'm like, you know, during the season, I try to take Fridays off. So I'm like scrambling around trying to get everything done today so I can actually get in my backyard tomorrow for a little bit. <laughs> and, right. and we go from, from Saturday pretty much through Thursday. So I'm excited. should be a fun game. Not sure if Kevon Thibodeau is going to go, but mm-hmm. that's going to impact this game if he doesn't.
0: What did you see in the Minnesota win? It it's, I mean, do you take more away than Ohio State? I mean, they got to go in the second half offensively. We know that they've got they'll have growing pains defensively. That's the way I see it. When Ibrahim went out, it was a different football game. Tanner Morgan was okay. Uh, learn more about Minnesota or Ohio State in week number one as we go back a week ago tonight.
1: Well, C.J. Stroud just played like a freshman making his first road start. Nothing more. I mean, it took him a while to settle in, but once he Settled in and got it to his playmakers in space. It was not that big of a deal to me, you know. I thought they played very well. Their their offense is very exclusive with Wilson, Olave, the two running backs. Um, High State. If you're going to beat them, you got try. You got score 40 points. So, and their defense did leave some holes. So, if you're going to beat them, I think the best way to do it is try to get a shootout and try to limit the big plays.
2: Had their chances, and maybe a different kind of game if Ibrahim was there the whole second half. So, Oregon comes in, and after the performance against Fresno, a lot of people, eh, not exactly sure. Anthony Brown's played a lot of big games at Boston College Mm -hmm. before he made his way out there. Do you see this thing being close, or is this just another, because of those wide receivers of the Buckeyes, they just find a way to run away? Well, I mean,
1: if Oregon can run the ball, Anthony Brown's going to play his best game. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went and looked at the stat. Ohio State's won 24 straight home games. And the last quarterback to come in there and beat them was Baker Mayfield when he planted the flag. Oh, that's right.
0: Has it been that long, Bill?
1: It's been that long. They haven't lost a Big Ten home game since 2015 against Michigan State. So my point is that more often than not, when you go to Ohio Stadium, your quarterback has to play lights out. And... It's a big game for Anthony Brown in that regard, I and mean, you're going to have to make smart decisions, check it down, avoid the big turnover, which happened to Tanner Morgan last week, and hope that C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye keep it going in the running game. Mm.
0: Uh, I want to ask you about Michigan and Washington. Washington's such a big disappointment. Montana, a good program in their own right, but... You know, I mean, come on, Washington's got to win that football game. Michigan looked good, not sure what they beat. I think we'll learn a lot uh, this week about Harbaugh's team, This, uh, at least going forward. How do you see this game, Bill Bender? I know that the, the pros in Vegas, the betters, they love the Huskies in this spot and the points. Uh, how do you see this game, Bill? I
1: think, I think because had M- Washington won by just a field goal on Montana they'd probably be a six-point favorite in this game, honestly. Maybe at least a three-point favorite because they only give up nine first downs in that game. And defense is really good. And if they clean up the turnovers, they'll have a shot to go in the big house and win. Um, So that's why I'm saying, from the Michigan standpoint, is that running game real? You know, they got it going with Blake Coram and Hassan Haskins last week. Cade McNamara looked pretty good. Um, If they can run the ball effectively, that's all I ever watched in their big game. Are they running the ball? If they can do that, they'll probably win at home. But it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be close. And, um, you know, obviously, and the other story here is the two freshman quarterbacks. I don't know if you saw that throw J.J. McCarthy made last week for Michigan, but that's not what anybody in Ann Arbor is talking about right now. Really?
2: One throw. And yeah. The buzz gets going. Well, we saw buzz last year. Milton. Joe Milton, yeah, and now he's at Tennessee as he uh, gets ready for Pitt coming to town. Don't think we'll get to that game, Bill. Bill, uh, I do want to go this direction with you, though. It's Toledo-Notre Dame. And game aside, I think Toledo's going to score some points. We saw certainly some holes in that Notre Dame defense against Florida State. But the game streaming on Peacock only, we know streaming's coming. We know it's bigger and bigger. It's been a part of Big 12 life with ESPN Plus and college basketball and football games. All of that. But to think that Notre Dame a home game is going to be streaming on Peacock, this one just absolutely baffles me. I never thought we'd see the day, Bill.
1: Well, it's the future. That's coming. Hmm. It's coming to college football. I think this is an interesting experiment in that regard is, you know, do we start streaming games, But talking to somebody that follows soccer really closely, that's become the norm in a lot of ways of soccer. You know, A lot of these leagues are streaming now, and that's how you consume it. And I think as we continue to move forward, I mean, I don't really watch games on my computer unless I'm in a press box. I'll, I'll put it on, you know, stream a game and make sure I can tune in to somebody else. But uh, it, it's definitely one of those things that we'll keep an eye on and um, go from there. So, But I, I'm interested to see what the viewership is on that and how many people actually subscribe to that. You'd have told me 10 years ago Notre Dame home opener would be only available on streaming. I told you you were crazy.
0: Uh, let's uh, close to home, Bill Bender. Your thoughts on Hawk, uh, top 10 batch up, as you know. The anticipation for this game is palpable. We haven't seen this type of buzz. Say that maybe last time in the 2019 it felt like a big spot as well, but we, as you know, we didn't get this game last year. Uh, Campbell has yet to beat Kurt C- 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 Ference. We wonder if this is the week. How do you see it?
1: It's going to be a close game. Could be a fun game. Enjoy the spotlight, guys. This is great for you guys. I in agree Iowa. With you more. So awesome yep. that they're both in the top ten. I love it. And I love in state rivalries like this that are cross conference. And I hope we don't lose those as college football moves forward. Mm-hmm. Um Oklahoma, Oklahoma State comes to mind. But enough about that state. Let's talk about Iowa. I think the one trend that stood out to me as I broke down this game for us is in those last five wins, Iowa's only had one turnover. It's crazy Oof. to be able to protect the football like wow. that. And and that's the difference to me. It's like one or two turnovers could make the difference here. And, you know, Iowa State's going to have to establish the run with Brees Hall. Um, hope that – I don't know if you guys have any insight if the tight end's going to play. I mean, they need him on the field. It sounds then, that way. It, it, it sounded like he was going to play last – he could have played last mm-hmm. week, but held him out. Um, you know, they need Kohler on the field. Yep. Iowa – Just keeps doing what they're doing. That was eye-opening what they did to Indiana last week. They took advantage of the turnovers and kick-started a
3: blowout.
2: Bill, it's such a huge moment for our state. And speaking of things I never thought I'd see, a top-ten matchup with (laughs) Iowa and Iowa State. Just unthinkable that that has happened and what Matt Campbell has done. You look at Matt Campbell and what he has built and the future of the Big 12. Kirk Herb Street, he took a lot of arrows from Iowa State fans after he said, well, he's as good as gone a couple years back, and he's still there. With the new Big 12 coming, what do you see as that conference as a whole? And with it, Iowa State's kind of pecking order in the new group of 12.
1: Well, you know, it sounds like these four schools are going to be announced tomorrow. and I just tend kind to, of, I'm unfortunate how those schools did against Power 5 schools. So you look at, you know Cincinnati—they're eleven and nine against Power Five, eleven and nine against Power Five schools the last ten years, but they haven't beat a ranked Power Five school. You know BYU's obviously played a lot of games against mm-hmm. the Power Five, but BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF haven't really played the Big Twelve much. You know uh, Houston obviously has, and, and that's what makes it interesting to me is there's going to be this unfamiliarity factor with these teams when they come in, and you know I think it's great for those programs. Do I think it? increases uh, the Big 12's value to be a power conference, that remains to be seen. I still think they're going to be kind of that bridge.
0: We'll see. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Bill, is there a sneaky good game you're looking at this week? I mean, it's not the greatest slate of games. Is there one that's maybe under the radar a little bit that's got your attention? Mm,
1: Mississippi State, NC State. Yeah. It's probably going to be a shootout. NC State was pretty impressive. Yep. You know the ACC is looking for anybody after a disastrous first weekend, and they go down there and, and win a shootout. I think they're one team that I'll definitely that could move into the top twenty-five. And you know, Clemson's going to be rooting for them.
0: Yeah, what? what how, how, the, um, how much behind are are they? Uh, the ACC look. The, Clemson's got to run the table. Um, I don't know what's in front of them. Obviously, they get to the championship game. Uh, is, is, will that be enough, or do you see Clemson? Can they run the t- Will they? I'm sure they can, but will they run the table, Bill Bennett, from what you saw week one?
1: Well, I mean, you know, they, they've got a chance to, and I, I don't think their season's over by any means. Too many things can happen from now through November. I think it was startling watching them not be able to get their offense going, but, you know, DJ's a young quarterback. They have a young offensive line. I, I think they'll run for the ACC, and but they're going to have to hope. I just, just for their sake, you know that. Yeah, NC State's ranked. Maybe Florida State works up and builds on that second half and gets ranked, Wasn't just so something... they have some meat on their schedule.
0: Yeah, that Mackenzie Milton was that the highlight of the weekend for you?
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah. It was really cool watching him come in and throw a couple passes. And man, I was going to go to bed at thirty-eight to twenty, <laughs> but they they certainly made it interesting. That was a fun finish.
2: Final thing for me: it's the team at the top, the defending national champions, and. Yeah. Nick Saban as they get ready for the Bears on. of Mercer this week. How about Mercer going from playing an NAIA school last week, no way, Point University. Now they get Alabama <laughs> and Saban. He's got them riled they up. They weren't looking ahead, were they? No. The return of rat poison came out in his press conference this week. Saban, boy, he can he can make anybody sound good. He get mad about about anything too. Well,
1: he's got to keep that team motivated. He's right though. I mean, it's kind of startling to hear him say we only played one half. Right. Um And they did. They played a heck of a first half against Miami through the knockout punch. But that's the standard they have there. That's why, you know, as far as the media end, and I know he doesn't like it, but that's why we have to write that this is the best team in college football. And we've been writing it for a long time. And to his point, yeah, if the players read that enough, they'll feel entitled. So I think he does a good job of guarding against that. Obviously, it's going to be tough to motivate his team going against Mercer, but – You know, they got Florida next week. They'll get all the motivation they need when they play the Gators.
0: Alabama or the field, who do you want to win the national champion?
1: (laughs) I'd probably take Alabama, but anything can happen. I mean, you know, I guess they look the most complete. You know, Georgia had probably the best defense. Oklahoma and Ohio State are going to be able to score 40 every game. Mm -hmm. But their two-way football and complementary football and the way Bryce Young looked—I mean, Bryce Young, mm. Bryce Young looked like Tua and Mac all over again.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, also good Monday night, Matt Corral.
1: That's an interesting game for them down the road. It is. Ole Miss flashed some defense too, aside from all those targeting calls. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why he's got to keep them up because there's a lot of potholes in the SEC. It's easy to sit here and say Alabama's going to go 14 and 0, but they're going to play a lot of good teams along the way.
0: Bill Bender, SportingNews.com, SportingNews.com. Bill Bender covers college football, also opines on the NFL. I saw he actually wrote a hockey piece this week as well, uh, which I found uh, kind of strange for you in the middle of football season, but uh, read it nonetheless. Bill Bender, good stuff. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you coming on.
1: Hey, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Take Appreciate care. it.
0: You too. Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He will be at the shoe for Oregon and Ohio State.
2: So you have an opinion, I had an opinion earlier in the week in that game, Oregon-Ohio State. And You're all about Ken, the Buckeyes. I am. I bet a lot of
0: people think I'm crazy.
2: Kenny White. He Andy likes Oregon. Yeah. Both of them. I've heard a lot of people. I heard the Bears. Stanford Steve. They both like Oregon. Do they? And I don't see it. Maybe it's Anthony Brown. I.
0: He came in in relief against Iowa State. He came in in relief in the Pac-12
2: championship game. Didn't he? Yeah, he did. Okay. Came in for Shuck? Yeah. Was at Boston College. He played Iowa in the Pinstripe Bowl. He was a quarterback for BC. Wow. This feels like a million years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. You know what? Speaking of playing Iowa, we all remember Ben
0: Roethlisberger was here. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen was here. Right. <laughs> I right? yeah. never bring that up. Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger was Kinnick. Yes, so was Josh Allen. That Pretty was, good in his own right. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. Uh, Miller and Condon. We'll be back. We'll talk Iowa State with our friend Ben Visser from the Cedar Rapids Gazette. He is uh, coming up at over the bottom of the hour or thereabouts as we take you until noon. Again, Cyclone Fanatic Radio. It's back on your dial tonight at 6. Likewise, Hawkeye Nation Radio. They go at 7. Miller and
2: Condon go till noon. On Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. The NFL is back. It's time to get in on all the action before kickoff with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning... DraftKings giving all their customers—you've been there for years— You're okay. You got an opportunity again this year to participate in their no-brainer offer. Indeed,
0: Trent. DraftKings has moved the spread to Tampa Bay, getting 73. And that is, as Trent mentioned, for all customers. That means you can still cash in as long as the reigning champs don't get beat by 74. But for you that haven't tried DraftKings yet, don't miss out on this. As DraftKings is giving all new customers $200
2: in free bets instantly when they bet a dollar on Any football game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code KXNO when you do. New customers, just bet that buck on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly. With the promo code KXNO, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. Free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is the teammate your small business needs. Locally owned and located in Urbandale, Global Direct Mail and Marketing can help your small business create the high-quality print materials your business needs to succeed. Whether it's business cards, flyers, business forms, letterhead, calendars, or a mail piece to attract new customers, Global Direct Mail and Marketing is ready to go to work for you today. Save by working with the local, small business that will go the extra mile to get you what you need. Global Direct Mail and Marketing. Call Craig at 515 282 3000 and get your next project C.com. Trent Condon here for the Urology Center of Iowa. Now's your chance to sit on the couch guilt-free all weekend long watching football while you heal after your vasectomy from the Urology Center of Iowa. The doctors there perform my procedure in less than a half hour. Make the call to 515 400 3550 That's 400 400- 3550 and online at iowauro.com a guilt-free football watching weekend after your vasectomy from the urology center of iowa
1: now back to miller and condon on 1460 kxnl and 106.3 fm here's ken and trent
0: All right, Noreen Condon, welcome back. 1460 KX to know, 106.3 FM. So let me pose this one to you, you got to thinking mm-hmm. during the break. Josh Allen was at Kinnick. He ben was. Roethlisberger was at Kinnick. Mm-hmm. Who was the last quarterback in the non-conference portion of the season to be at Jack Trice?
2: Non-conference? C.J. C.J. Bethard? That would be the answer. Starting quarterback. Starting quarterback. NFL starting quarterback. NFL starting quarterback. CJ Beathard would be my guest. Have to comb through, see if anybody else is on a roster. There is. I, I know who it is. I know the answer. Who? You mentioned him earlier in the show. Mentioned him earlier in the show? Mm hmm. I'm baffled. I want you to think about it for a minute. Oh, man. <laughs> Come I on,
0: got come on! Think back to some of the f- most famous shows that Bloom and Williams have done together.
2: Oh, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, and North, North Dakota, Dakota State. State. North
0: Dakota State on
2: the arrogance of Bloom and <laughs> yes. Williams that day—that was unbelievable.
0: <laughs> that lives out there on the net somewhere. That's radio gold. It really stuff. is, isn't it? Yeah, Carson. Now, I don't. Maybe there's been another one, but it would be Wentz, right? right. When was that? Fifteen think so 14 somewhere in that area anyways Ben Visser standing by Cedar Rapids Gazette he covers Iowa State you would have known that answer wouldn't you Ben Visser
3: no I was thinking while you guys were going on that it's like oh boy I'm glad I'm not I'm glad they're not asking me that because I would have been stumped too
0: yeah, uh, but Trent, I forgot about CJ Beathard, but we was looking for a starting quarterback nonetheless. So, Ben, uh, let's go back to last week before we pick your brain on what we think we're going to see this week and, you know, pick your brain on, on trying to decipher Matt Campbell, kind of reading between or listening between, uh, the lines as to how he uh, described Charlie Kohler, et cetera. But back to last weekend, what was your biggest takeaway, uh, from their, uh, narrow win, 16 10, over you and I?
3: Yeah, um, few, takeaways one the offensive line wasn't as dominant as i was expecting it to be you and i obviously loaded the box um so that's going to make things difficult to run the ball just in general but i still kind of expected especially with two extra tight ends in there to uh, to have iowa state blow you and i off the ball a little bit more um get some vertical push in the run Mm -hmm. game that didn't happen as much as i expected it to obviously Brees hall had a um, subpar game. He actually called it his worst game he's ever played um, on Tuesday. So um, I think he even realizes that hey, that was not what we're expecting, not what I'm expecting. So um, I think that was one major takeaway. And then defensively, Iowa State looked as good as they ever did. Um, they only let up one touchdown. The one touchdown they did let up was when um, it came on a drive where Will McDonald had Will McIlvain yeah. sacked S- somehow. Will McIlvain makes an incredible pass. Mm-hmm. It, Ryan Vance tips it, still finds the receiver. You and I gets first down. Two, three plays later, McIlvain makes another pass. Mike Rose has the receiver tackled. He escapes the tackle the receiver and then that's how they get their 52 yard touchdown. So Mike Rose and Will McDonald don't make or don't miss those two plays in the same drive too often. So uh, even the one drive you and I did score a touchdown on was I don't want to call it a fluke because that's too disrespectful to you and I, but it's not going to happen too often that those two guys miss those two plays in the same drive. And then outside of that drive, I mean, Iowa State's defense was as good as you could have hoped for. So a little bit of tail of two sides of the ball there.
2: Confidence coming into this week off a tight victory against you and I. How are the players, as you'd anticipate for a rivalry game like this? Were they up? Were they down? After talking with the guys this week, where are the players? Where are their heads if you had to play a little arm, armchair psychologist here?
3: Sure. I would say they're up. Um, they, at this point, are expecting to play in close games. I mean, even Matt Campbell's wife, um, <laughs> this is what Matt Campbell said on Tuesday, when he went home after the game on Saturday, his wife, was. she asked him, hey, when are we going to stop playing in close games? We're we going to start beating teams by more than, you know, a touchdown. And Matt Campbell laughed and chuckled and said, I don't know if that will ever happen. So I think they're used to playing in close games. I think they're used to playing in tight games. It's not something that's going to bring the team down, even if it is an FCS opponent. You and I are obviously a very good FCS opponent, so I'm not trying to put them down at all. But um, it's a game where you would expect Iowa State to win by more. The players seem, Mike Rose even said, like, hey, as a defense, we love tight games. We love playing in close games. It keeps everyone up. It keeps us up at a high energy level. So um, they don't seem to mind. Um, They seem to enjoy it. So, hey, good on them.
0: Ben Visser covers Iowa State for the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Yeah, Ben, I'm glad you brought up the mis- missed tackles. There were more of them uh, on Iowa State's part than... Uh, look, Haycock's got some uh, some things he can clean up with this team. He'll have their attention, uh, and that'll be, I would think, at the top of the list was the missed tackles from it. I want to go back to uh, pre-game uh, last Saturday. Reading your tweets, you were, you were I think, the first to, to see Kohler, the first to tweet it. Uh, maybe Hines, or, or regardless. Uh, it was when Kohler first came on the field. You tweeted that he's not wearing a boot, uh, that he doesn't appear to have a limp. And then I don't know how long it was later, uh, he'd come out and was starting to go through. Know pregame warm ups, which reading your tweet I thought kind of caught you a little bit off guard. You didn't expect that. Um, so, so kind of help us out with those two to, from when you saw him to how he what he was doing and who was closely watching him as he tried to go uh, through warm ups and perhaps convince the coaches he was good to go last week.
3: Yeah, for sure. No, that was an interesting saga pregame because, like, as you mentioned, Charlie Kohler did come out without a boot. This was before your more traditional whole team warm-ups. This was just tight ends going through their warm-ups, no pads or anything, didn't have a boot on. He didn't really participate in those warm-ups, and that's when um, an Iowa State spokesperson said that Charlie Kohler would be out for the game or probably out. Um, so that's when we all, reporters, got in the mindset of, okay, he's going to be out. That's what Iowa State and an Iowa State official told us, so we're good there. Then when they came out for actual warm-ups and pads, helmets, the full deal, Charlie Kolar went through every single warm-up, every single stretch like he was preparing to play that game. Um, He looked good, like like you said, didn't have a limp. Um, And I think if it wasn't the first game of the season, if it would have been later in the season, I would guess he probably would have played. It sounded like he was very close to playing. That's what Matt Campbell said. Um, and then as far as this week, looking ahead into this next game, by all accounts, he's going to be back. Um, it was just a little ankle tweak that he had at the end of practice into fall camp somewhere around that time period. So he should be back. He should be good to go. Tom Manning said yesterday that he's excited to get him back in the offense now that he's getting healthier. So um, by all accounts, he probably, unless he has a setback, Um, he should be ready to go for the Iowa game. Uh,
0: The other injury that occurred during the game, and maybe there was more, but I remember Orion Vance. What's his status?
3: Yep, his is a little bit more up in the air compared to Colars. After the game, Matt Campbell said that it was a hamstring injury, but it was a pretty minor one, so I don't know if that's a strain or if it's just something that he felt tighten up like a bad cramp or something like that, I'm not sure. Um, But when we talked to Mike Rose on Tuesday, he made it sound like Gary Vaughn, the backup middle linebacker, was preparing himself to start. Mm. So I um, asked Coach John Haycock about that yesterday. He gave the good coach-speak answer about, yeah, if Gary. if Gary's opportunity comes, he'll be ready, but um, Orion's still trying to work his way back. Anytime you have a hamstring injury, it can be a little bit scary, so you want to take that a little bit slow. So if I were to guess, I would put money on Gary Vaughn starting at that middle linebacker spot. Um, But if Orion Vance gets his hamstring feeling good and he's confident that he can play as well as he needs to, I could see him getting in the game, if not starting as well.
2: Ben, uh, as you look at the matchup coming up this weekend, Iowa 28-point victory, still even in that offense wasn't great by any means for the Hawkeyes. What gives you concern from an Iowa State perspective when you look across the field to the Hawks?
3: Yeah, Tyler Goodson. Um, Hmm. He's a good running back. And Iowa State's defense is obviously... It's good at stopping the run. It has no problems with it. But the thing that's interesting to me is Iowa State's defense is set up to stop spread offenses. They take out a lineman. They take out a linebacker, depending on where, if you want to run a 4-3 or 3-4. They take out one of those, and they add an extra defensive back in every single formation they run. They don't do any 4-3 or 3-4 stuff. It's all 3-3. And when you're playing a team like Iowa who runs a pro-style offense, they're not afraid to line up under center. They're not afraid to use two tight ends or a fullback or any of those types of things. It's always interesting to me to see how Iowa State's defense, which, again, set up to stop the spread, fares against a pro-style offense, especially one like Iowa, which has a big physical line, obviously got Linderbaum in the middle, that is going to cause havoc for the defensive linemen. So um that's going to be the most interesting part to me is how does this defense stack up against Iowa's offense and can they slow down Goodson? Because I think they'll be able to handle Petras. He had a subpar game last week. I've never been sold on him. So I think they'll handle Petras. It's all about, Slowing down Goodson and making sure your defense can handle that pro style offense.
0: Uh, you, you mentioned Tyler Linderbaum, and across, uh, you know, on the other side of his helmet uh, will be J.R. Singleton or Isaiah Lee. What's the coaching staff, did they comment on Singleton's uh, first appreciable playing time? What did they think of him uh, against you and I?
3: Sure. Yeah, Haycock talked about it yesterday. Um, he loved what he saw from Singleton. I mean, Iowa State's not always, they're not going to get a ton of production from that nose guard position just because of the way the the defense is set up. They want their defensive linemen, especially in the middle, to just eat up a double team. If they eat up a double team, they've done their job um, because they they want their linebackers or maybe that star safety position to make the tackles. They want open lanes for the linebackers um, to make the tackles, and that's what you see last week were pretty much the three leading tacklers. So um, they just want that middle guy to eat up a double team haycock was extremely happy with um singleton's ability to do that he did say a couple times singleton went the wrong way on a run but um he said that those are easy things to coach up and now that they have it on actual game film he'll be able to do that so um no they were happy with singleton lee um is interesting because he's a bigger guy but he's definitely less at less athletic than um singleton is so Um, I think that's definitely why Singleton's getting the nod there. He has some explosiveness to his game.
2: Ben, it's two great defensive teams. It's two teams that have question marks offensively. Special teams It was two years ago the difference and very well could be here. If you can, take us through what you saw out of the kicking game of Sally back for another season. Mavis got the opportunity. was a 40-yarder. Do you think that's the plan? 40 and longer, it's going to be Mavis. Anything inside of that's a Sally. And also what you saw out of Dunn in the punting game.
3: Sure, yeah uh, to your first point, this could definitely come down to special teams again Um, Mm -hmm. and you are I think 100% right, I think anything longer than 40, Beavis is going to get the kick because the Sally's proven too many times that uh, he doesn't have the leg for that, I even think anything over 35 is a little bit shaky for a Sally Um, his long last week was 35 and so I mean, good for him for making that one Um, and then Corey Dunn had a A pretty good day punting, I would say. He had three down inside the 20. He had one absolute bomb of a punt that I think went 57 or 60 yards or something like that. That one was by far his best punt of the day. And I think it's interesting with these Australian punters. Obviously, Iowa has one as well. At least in Dunn's case, if it's a long punt, if he has all the field to work with, he can just put his leg into it and the ball will fly. It's the more precision punts that I think he struggles with. Like when I Iowa State was at the 50 or if they were at the 45, um, and he had to do uh, more of a precision punt, the ball was down inside the 20, sure, but it was down at the 15 or the 17 or something like that. Sure. It wasn't down at the 5 or 7 like you would like it to be. So um, I think that's one area where Dunn struggles a little bit is, sure, he gets it inside the 20, but it's not pinned back as deep as you would like.
0: Ben Visser, Cedar Rapids Gazette. Ben, thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to talk to you. Ben Visser from uh, the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Yeah, I think Dunn's first punt of the game was the one they just
2: crushed. Mm-hmm. He's this, got the leg. Yeah, he does. Is this a special teams game to you? Well, if it is, I think it's a huge advantage for Iowa. Huge. Mm-hmm. Shudek was good. Really good. Yep, he was. punting. Taylor's unbelievable. Taylor's a pro. Coverage. When's the last time Iowa gave up a big return, either punt or kick? Well, it's not going to happen this week because Iowa State doesn't return. Hutchinson had one return. Yeah, and that 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 didn't go well. Right. And he loses it. So you're talking about making big check marks because defensively, both these teams are great.
0: Yeah, they are. I agree.
2: Offensively, shaky moments. I think both offensive lines have question marks. Mm -hmm. Yes. One big advantage is quarterback. Mm-hmm. And though yes, you can poke holes in Purdy, he's a much better college quarterback right yeah, now. Yeah, I was Spencer surprised Peters. there was a lot of people that weren't uh, that thought he d- didn't play well last week. He didn't I, take shots down the field, but he didn't. there was nobody
0: open. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's another big. <laughs> they piece, don't have too. wide receiver too. Trent, it's the biggest most glaring weakness on this team's offense. Who is wide receiver? Now, Kohler solves a lot of issues, Yes, right? he does. From the tight end position. Because that's your answer. That's the answer, right? But if they had Kohler and Hutchinson and WR2, and they've got some guys there. When's Skate's going to take that game? When's Shaw going to be that guy? When's Wilson? One of
2: them has to. There's opportunity there. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't come. And Port- What's the kid's name? Porter? Yeah. The, other one? Yeah. the kid from Bettendorf? They they've had dudes dudes that we've heard about, but nobody does. One of the most glaring things that popped off the page. I was looking at the pro football focus numbers after the U and I game. They weren't kind to Iowa State. They were not, and it was about Joe Skates. And they also have one of their metrics is route running. Now, how they measure that, I have no clue. <laughs> right. But somebody does, and somebody that and they charge for write that right. information. <laughs> and I I don't take them as gospel, but they're a tool. And he was by far the worst in their route-running mm-hmm. metric. Is it as simple as that? Yeah, he's fast. He, he looks the part. Athletic, yeah. But, can't run routes. It, it could be as simple as that. That's at least what the metric said about him and why he has not elevated himself. Because Hutchinson's a stud. Mm-hmm. That, that dude... He's a really good player. He's going to play on Sundays. I think. I think he is. I think yep. he is that talented yep. that he's going to be there. But who's number two? And if Kohler, he's back... This is an ankle sprain, right? Yep. Probably a an high ankle sprain. Yep. If he's out there... How good is that's he going? To, a great question. How can he push off? Great. Those question. kind of once the bullets start flying, that's going to be different. There, big check mark still for me. Quarterback Iowa State special teams big check mark for Iowa. Petrus turns it over, as we've talked about. Iowa mm-hmm. hasn't turned it over in five games. Mm-hmm. Very well, could be as simple as that. This thing is, I think we're destined for maybe even a weird score. I mean, this thing might be. 18-17. Well, what was your? What did you find at FanDuel? Sixteen to one. If the game goes to overtime, sixteen to one. I hopped aboard on that thing. In fact, here during the break, I'm going to see if that thing's moved at all. If anybody else was listening, because it's 16, sixteen to 1, one. This game feels like a field goal game. Either way, it's a coin flip. I am with you. And it's seventeen seventeen going to overtime. Uh-huh. Are you going to be shocked? At no. sixteen to one, I'm not.
0: No, I wouldn't be. Uh, the betters might be if they took the under, because it's the worst part about yeah, betting, uh-huh. betting totals in college football. Uh, we will come back, uh, finish things up. It's a busy next few hours here on KXNO. As far as local programming, we'll tell you about that. Um, I'm on record. I like Tampa Bay tonight laying the points. In fact, I might look for an alternate point spread. What's Trent think? Find that out next. 1460 kicks and one' Be over 21. Are you missing out on life's activities because of hip pain? Ask your orthopedic surgeon about anterior advantage hip replacement. To learn more, visit aahip.com. That's aahip.com. The performance of hip replacements depend on age, weight, activity level, and other factors. There are potential risks and recovery takes time. Only an orthopedic surgeon can tell you if hip replacement is right for you. To find an orthopedic surgeon in Central Iowa that uses anterior advantage hip replacement, go to aahip.com. Now back to Miller and Condit on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here on a Thursday. Murph and Andy in an hour and seven minutes. The Fanatics at three. More Fanatics, Cyclone Fanatic Radio tonight at six. Hawkeye Nation Radio tonight at seven. Think Hawk will come up between six and eight at all? Uh, just a little <laughs> bit, just a tad. Right? Complete breakdown, indeed. Uh, what are you doing tonight with this football game? Are you with me? Are you taking the uh, taking the points with the Cowboys or laying with confidence and the
2: Buccaneers? I am I won't pass. I'll probably play the Cowboys. It's eight and a half now. Uh Might get to nine. It just feels like everybody wants Tampa. In fact, speaking of that, let's see where the public wagering is. I was looking this earlier. Can you uh, you do so for Cyhawk as well? Yes. Because the Athletic
0: came out with their, they've got a team of four sports bettors at the Athletic. Mm -hmm. They're all over the
2: Hawks. Every single one of them. 61% of the cash right now on the Hawkeyes. 75% of the bets are on the Hawks, plus the four and a half. Okay. Let's go to the NFL page and bring it up. And yeah, it's all Buccaneer money. 79% of the cash, 74% of the tickets are on the Buccaneers. I will fade the public. Hmm. I will fade Ken Miller. Yeah. Give me the godforsaken Dallas Cowboys. Yuck. Yeah. I do not like it one bit.
0: No, we'll we'll see. I just hope it's a good football game. It's great to, when the uh, curtain goes up on the NFL season. 17 weeks of it. The, the final week is January 9th. Is, did I see that right? I think it's the 9th of January. Is that what it is? Wow. I think it is. It's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Keep um, pushing it back. To President's Day, the weekend, right? Further. Okay. Let's get through February. I'm with you. That works for me. All right. Uh, a Fun show today. Uh, glad you were able to spend part of it here with us. Tomorrow this time we will have wrapped up Claxons. Condon started his picks week one at 5-0. and oh. We'll see if he can continue that uh, tomorrow. Who will be here? Tom Kekert on the Hawks. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I will muster up a slate of... It's tough.
2: We got some games. Oh, we'll find some games. Texas, right.
0: Arkansas. Uh, Colorado, Texas A&M. Utah, BYU. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with 10 o'clock. We appreciate you spending time here with us As Trent and I are with you every Monday through Friday in this time slot from 10 until noon. Murphy and Andy at 1, Fanatics at 3. Have a great day on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.